Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. <laughs> and he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Where's the music, TV? We were going to play some special music here for 2020. Hit it. Hit it. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show and happy 2020, motherfuckers. We, here we go. Hey. Yes. We're here. We made it. We're in a new decade. It is 2020. Let's hope this decade's a hell of a lot better than the last one, which pretty much sucked. The world is coming to an end. Yes. And that was the last decade. Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. Apocalypse coming. (laughs) Decade ending. Decade beginning. Listen, listeners, uh, I hope you all had a fabulous New Year's Eve and day. I hope no one is still too hungover. Uh, We are not live, obviously, but this, this is our Best of Ass 2019 special that we are debutting. On January 4th, 2020, here at DNRstudios.com, the only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen elsewhere, leave us your ratings and reviews on whichever audio platform you use. Email me anytime. My email is adam at adamsank.com. Love those dick pics. Like our Facebook page. Download my two comedy albums. And come see me, me, live on stage in Oakland, California. I will be the celebrity MC for Elder Pride 2020, February 13th through 16th. Visit the Elder Pride Facebook page for more information and tickets. Today, we will be tickling your taint with the best and brightest ass moments of 2019, featuring some of our favorite guest segments of 2019. Uh, But first, I need to introduce my co-host, my pal, my partner in crime. That's me. My pet piglet, Ryan Frostig, who just received some very big news. There's I breaking think... news here on the ass. What is my breaking news? That you are going to be on the dance team. Oh, oh, I didn't realize we were going to talk about that. Yes, I'm going to be a, a featured dancer um, this year's Big Gay Sing. Big Gay Sing 12. Divas, divas, divas. This is the New York City Gay Men's Chorus uh, uh, annual winter concert that we do. Um, I was the... like, I'm such a... I'm trying to find the date of it. You can go to nycgmc.org for complete information. But yes, Ryan is a fabulous dancer. Thank you, Adam. He beat out many other uh, people who wanted to be on the dance team. And we just got the news moments ago via email. So we're all celebrating here in the studio. It's very exciting. I really, you know what? Something I learned last year is that um, dancing uh, really is a, a great way for me to express myself and heal and like release stuff. It's great. I love dancing. I wish I could do it. I'm very jealous of your talent. Um, But in any case, congratulations to Ryan. Thank you. And uh, I want to ask Ryan and JB, who was your, no pressure here, but who was your favorite guest of 2019? Oh, my goodness. Um, Probably, probably Julie Halston. Yes. I agree. Uh, Although I also really loved um, when Daniel was here. Daniel uh, Reichard. Reichard. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, both of them made our list. Oh, and my God. you will be hearing pieces of those interviews. I agree. They were both fantastic. It's it was, just when you have chemistry. Julie probably gets the top notch. Yeah. That's it. We had chemistry we had with chemistry them. chemistry with them. And Julie, you know, if you ever want to be a great uh, guest on anyone else's show, listen to the Julie Halston episode because yeah. not only is she funny 
and tells great stories, but she's engaging and she mm-hmm. listens to what we're saying mm-hmm. and plays off of it and bounces off of it. And she's very present. She's so present. Yeah. JB, your favorite guest? Um, I actually have four. Wow. Yeah. Four. You're um, so generous. I got, yeah. Uh, Drew, Irene. Uh, Both great. Alex. We just recently had Monster on His Face. Oh, oh, Alex Ortega? <laughs> mm, yes. Yes. Well, to say on his face, and Joanne. Yeah, all wonderful guests. Joanne yes. Filan, Irene Bremis, yes. Drew Lausch, and um, and I have to say, thanks for reminding me, Marty Thomas and Alex Ortega, who finished up 2019. Oh, that was yeah. amazing. Our second to last episode of the year with the holiday episode. They were so great. Super great. So Marty they deserve my... to be on here, too, but they, we just yeah. had them, so we're not going to replay that. Marty is my favorite um, returning guest of the pod. Yes. yes. I really like when he's when he's here. But uh, all great guests, you will hear a little bit of of one of the people uh, JB mentioned. Uh, do you guys want to hear something crazy? This, is, sure. this just it strikes me how how um, time fucks with my mind. Episode ninety with my sister Anna co-hosting and Anne Steele as our guest. That happened in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Really? I thought that happened years ago. No. I thought that was like one of our when first that 10 happen? episodes. In that was beginning. January 20th, yeah. oh, 2019. Yeah. Released her album. So Made less than ours. a year ago. I am like... Man, does that feel like a long time ago. Wow. That was also a fabulous segment. We've already replayed that once. Mm-hmm. Um, but Anne was a great guest. I, I, uh, I just... Time flies... <laughs> time flies when you're not making a scent off your podcast. <laughs> just love that song. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to start, we're going to actually go chronologically, and some of these were not only my favorite guests, but also guests that I felt made an impact on the listeners. Um, Sometimes on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page, I'll ask, who is your favorite guest? And this first person comes up a lot. His name is Kenneth Conan, and he is the first ever quadriplegic gay porn star. And we had him on the phone. He was really sweet and really interesting. And um, this was my birthday show, Ryan. This was February 24th, 2019, a year after my 48th birthday. And I realized as I was re-listening to it that this was the first time – I'm embarrassed to admit this. This is the first time I've ever had a conversation on or off the air with a quadriplegic person. I've just never met – I've never met one in person and, and, you know – Right. Was in, uh, had the occasion to speak with them, let alone to talk about their sex life. Yeah, it, so was, it was interesting. Such an interesting segment, and he was really open and honest. And um, so here is episode 84, a uh, little piece of the interview with Kenneth Conan from February 24th. Take a listen. What, what was it that made you decide to do porn? Um, well, first, before I answer that, let me tell you a happy birthday. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. So um, far it is. So far it is. That's good. Um, your question. Um, you know, it's just something I, I mean, I was injured when I was 18 years old. I, uh, I have noticed in the nine years of my injury, really how like people's perception towards me and regarding sex has changed. Um, just in the sense of curiosity and people like automatically assume that I can't have sex and things like, or that I'm not interested in sex. And that is so far from the truth. Um, cause you're a horny guy. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on now. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. What was your exact question? Basically, what what made you what made you decide to do this? Um, well, it was very spontaneous. I will say that um, I was connected with Davey Wavy, who's the one that owns Himalos TV, mm-hmm. and we kind of just collaborated in the sense of you know I when I was younger I was interested in porn as well, you know, when I was 18. Um, but I think that that is coming like back then that was like coming strictly just from like me being a horny teenager. Mm -hmm. And now it's more so like, well, if I can show people directly how I do things and how I have sex and things like that, that maybe it will, 
create some buzz and some understanding around these issues that I think people are like often to like hush hush about when really like sex is just sex. We all have it. We all love it. Yeah. Well, to be completely honest with you, Kenneth, I've always wondered about um, paraplegic and quadriplegic people, whether or not they yeah, can have sex. I mean, do you mind, you know, if, if, if anything I ask you, you don't want to answer, please just say pass and we'll move on. But do, do you have feeling in your penis? Are you able to get hard and climax and so forth? You know, that's where things get a little bit different for me. Um, do I have feeling in my penis? No, I don't. Um, can I get hard and climax? Yes, of course. Um, I should, sorry, I shouldn't say of course, like you should know that. Right. But you, um, um, sex nowadays has become so mental for me. Mm. Like that it's almost like everything is like mentally stimulating and that's where like I get so much pleasure from and I think that it also helps that I was sexually active before I was injured too. So I know what these things feel like and I can I can kind of trigger those things in my brain which like then turns like mentally hot to me while I'm like while I'm having sex. Are you grateful for the fact that you did have sex before the accident so you are able to um, create oh, yeah. those mental images and, and remember what it felt like to have an orgasm and so forth? Yes, I am very grateful that I was a slutty teenager. <laughs> as, <laughs> aren't we all? As we all were, I think, in yeah. this room. Yeah. Um, now, Kenneth, did you choose Pierce Paris as your co-star? Were you given a selection, or did they just say, here's the guy that's going to face fuck you? Um, Davey Wavy is a, I don't know if you know him, but he's a very, I certainly very know sweet. who he is, yeah. Yeah, he's a very sweet guy, he's super accommodating, um, and he just asked me, like, well, you know, what are you looking for in a scene, like, in this first scene, and I was, or what are you into? And I was like, well, you know, like, I really enjoy, like, having my face fucked, like, that's fun. And he was like, okay. And I was like, you know, the harder and the bigger, the better. And he was like, oh, I know just the people for you. And so he tried to get another guy, um, but the other guy was already under contract with, um, with a different studio. And so he was like, oh, I have this friend Pierce. What do you think about him? And I had never heard of his name or anything. And then I looked him up and I was like, Oh, yeah, like, challenge accepted. <laughs> now, Pierce is uncut. Was that something that you, is that a preference of yours, or do you not care? Um, I don't, I definitely don't care. I'm uncut as well, so I, yeah, I totally don't care. And how did Pierce's penis taste? It tasted, I don't know how to explain that. It tasted <laughs> like every other penis I've had in my mouth, just... If you could compare it to a, a dessert. <laughs> if I could compare it to a dessert. Uh, Cheesecake, chocolate mousse. Now, Kenneth, I did a Pornhub search for quad porn and quadriplegic porn, and as far as I can tell, you're the first quadriplegic person to ever make a gay porn scene. Am I right about that, or did I just not find any? Um, I believe you are right about that. So do you feel like the Jackie Robinson of gay quad porn? Um, you know, I just feel like myself <laughs> and I, you know, I live in little Portland, Oregon, which to tell you, it really isn't that little, but you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I wanted to get a message spread and I feel like I spread a lot more than a message. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, I think what you're doing is actually really important, um, Thank you. I know, speaking for myself, that I am guilty of not thinking of disabled people as sexual beings when, of course, everyone's a sexual being. Yeah, I mean, you know, after after we were done filming that scene with Pierce, we were chatting and he was like, I have to say, like, I have to give you this credit. He's like, you give better heads than 98% of people I've slept with. Yeah. And I've been with a lot of people, and I was like, yeah. Like, 
our studio audience is going crazy clapping for you. No, that's a wonderful thing to be told. I would love to, for someone to tell me that. Hi there, my name is Kenneth Conan. I just want to say thank you to Adam for allowing me to come on your show a while back to discuss the importance around sex and disability and the porn that I had just dropped with Himeros.tv. Um, it was an awesome project and an awesome time. Uh, I enjoyed getting to spread a message that just because you are disabled does not mean that you do not deserve to have sex and feel good and look sexy and um, all of those things. It's not only for able-bodied people. Um, I also want to say thank you again to Adam for letting me spread this message on your platform. Um, I'm honored to be one of your um, favorite guests of the year. That's a huge, a huge accomplishment. Um, and it just goes to show that people are a lot more open-minded than you may think. So happy new year to everyone. And I will see you guys soon. Kenneth Conan. Wonderful. And thank you so much, Kenneth, for that uh, updated greeting. Thank you, Kenneth. <laughs> we wish you a very happy 2020. Um, hey, I have to go around the room now and ask you guys what your New Year's resolutions are. Oh, fuck. We do those here? For, yes, we must, JB. Ugh. I know Ryan's is to eat a vagina. To eat a vagina, to eat less meat, to stop drinking <laughs> um, soda and only drink seltzer water. And I think that's all for now. Clearly, wow, that's multiple. Eat a vagina yeah. and, and eat less meat goes in the same category. Like, <laughs> you know, that's really much. <laughs> You're saying he's because he's going to eat vagina, he's canceling out some of the penis? Yeah. The things, I mean, the vagina <laughs> thing is not as important as the, the self-care, you know, just taking better care of my body. But I just want to know. more of a goal. Than I a just want to know. I just want to know what the experience is because I want to know what vagina I is. I want to know what puss is. <laughs> want it in my mouth. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Well, good luck with that. Thanks. JB, your uh, resolution? Uh, is to not be so bitter. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I think I, I think this, this year I need to work on a lot of it inside work. I'll tell you something I learned on this show, JB. When we interviewed AJ Jacobs about his gratitude book, I learned the power of gratitude, and I really do every day try to put this into practice. I, I try to pause for at least one, one time every day and go, I'm really grateful that I have this, 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 and this in my life right now. And you can do it about anything. You can be grateful for your pillow. You can be grateful for your toothbrush, your, um, you know, the fact that, that someone made you laugh, that you saw a, sh a show that you really liked. It can be just small things. But gratitude feels so much better than resentment. Mm -hmm. I, I'm grateful it's for good this for show you. and things I'm doing here at DNR. I think that's one, one of the things I'm really grateful for. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, Adam. Oh. Every week. Adam. Yeah, and every day. Yeah. Don't make me cry. It's true, though. JB, you work really hard. My resolutions, since nobody asked. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, Adam. Hey, Adam, hey what, are what are your resolutions? Well, so Ryan and I did quite a bit of biking in the summertime, and you know, we did the, um, the cycle for the cause. And uh, once we it sure got did. cold... I stopped biking, but mm -hmm. I started doing spin class. Yes, you at have. At my bougie new gym. I, I do the Les You're Mills bougie -bish. interactive, immersive, uh, it's not interactive, it's immersive spin class, and I love it. That's so cool. So I want to keep doing it. I want to do even more of it. Keep yeah. myself what in shape. young, hip millennial you are. Yeah, yeah. Hey, at you know, 48. You, um, we are, I'm never going to do Cycle with the Cause again, but we should, do, um, we should do another ride this year, but maybe just like, um, like a one-day like hundred mile thing, like a like the pride ride. Sure. Yeah, that'd be fun. We'll talk in June. <laughs> I will. I would definitely do that interboro one with you. The fibro. Yeah, the yeah. fibro. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's one. I also um, need to be more patient mm -hmm. with people, and I need to um, listen more and talk less. Those, those are resolutions. Here, here. But not on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking more on this podcast. I'm exactly. Sure. Well, when we interviewed Kenneth Conan, one of the um, people he talked about was Davy Wavy. 
it was Davy Wavy's HimorosTV.com that featured Kenneth in his Face Fuck, Face Fuck Me movie. And so that got me thinking, why don't we have Davy Wavy on the show? And I was thrilled that he said yes, because he, Davy Wavy is a very big deal. He is uh, one of the most famous YouTube stars of all time. He was certainly one of the earliest ones. So we talked to him back on April 13th. This was episode 90. I asked him how he became a YouTube pioneer, um, but I began the interview by telling Davey what I'd like to do to him. Take a listen. Davey, earlier in the show, I mentioned <laughs> that you were one of the few men whose ass I would love to eat. Well, thank you. Is that, is that a, a rarity for you? It's rare. It's not my thing. I'm not a rimmer. Uh, Ryan, my co-host here, is, a, is an enormous rimmer. I am. Um, but you appear to have uh, – I, ima- I mean, I imagine that your ass is completely hairless and pristine and clean enough to eat dinner off of. Yeah, I was, was going to say, what, what is it about my ass that, that makes it so special in your mind? I just think it's it's probably, like, made of porcelain and just, like, super, <laughs> it, super – It does taste like cupcakes. Yeah, mm, delicious. Cupcakes. And you do you enjoy that, or are you just strictly about the nipples and the toes? No, I I – I enjoy almost everything. The nipples and the toes for me are particularly enjoyable, um, but I do enjoy I do enjoy the ass eating. It's funny because I was I was having sex last night um, with a friend of mine who's 38, and we were talking about like the things that turn us on. And and I asked him like, "Are you into your feet? Are you into like what? Do you like it when someone tickles your inner thighs?" And he was like, "I don't know. I don't know what I'm into." Wow! How do you not know? You know, you're thirty. You're thirty-eight years old. Like, let's let's figure this out, right? Yeah, poor guy. But by the time I was thirty-eight, I had waiting for. Yeah, by the time I was thirty-eight, I had published a manual that I would just (laughs) hand guys when I brought them home. Yeah, Davey. Well, I mean, it's part of the reason why I created Humorous TV. It's because I think a lot of us are really disconnected from our bodies, and the porn that we watch kind of all follows a certain formula. So it's. Um, it's nice to step out of that and really um, get into your body and, and figure out what turns you on and communicate that to others. And it's very juicy stuff. Absolutely. We're going to talk about him, Rose. But first, <clears throat> I feel like you are one of the original YouTube stars, certainly one of the original queer ones. Uh, I, I, you know, early, early on in YouTube, I, I knew who you were. How did it come about? When did you start making videos and, and how did you get started on your your YouTube career? Yeah, well, I've been making videos for 12 years. So when I started on YouTube, I mean, YouTube was not YouTube as we know it today. Um, and uh, there really weren't a lot of creators. Today, there's you know, zillions. Everyone has, has videos that they're uploading. At the time, there really wasn't a lot of content, and there really wasn't a lot of queer content. Um, and I just started creating videos about, like, the books that I was reading, what was going on in my life. And it was never for an audience other than myself, uh, you know, it was almost like a diary and people started watching. And, and I think it was like my seventh or my eighth video was about my masturbating neighbor in Toronto, uh, who was this really cute young guy that I could see from my window that would jerk off every day at four o'clock. And it turns out like a lot of people apparently Google masturbating neighbors or search <laughs> for that on YouTube. Because uh, <laughs> like there's websites for stuff like that, but um, anyway, a lot of people found my videos, and it was an audience particularly of, of gay men. Um, and so pretty quickly I realized that there was you know, something of an opportunity, uh, maybe even a responsibility to do something with that audience. And I was working for an LGBT nonprofit at the time. And what I found kind of ironic was that through my YouTube work, I was actually able to reach more queer people um, uh, and, you know, then I was through the traditional nonprofit work. So I scaled back my real job and started making YouTube videos and never looked back. So, so at what age were you able to just walk away from a nine to five job and do this full time? Uh, I think I was 24, 25, maybe when I, when I, uh, really walked away from my, my real job. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty early on. Yeah. Were yeah. you, were you shirtless yeah. from the beginning? <laughs> yeah, I, well, it turns out I, I don't really wear clothes um, very often. So for me, it seemed I very disingenuous. To yeah. like, <laughs> it seemed disingenuous to like, put a shirt on to make a video about my authentic life, right? Obviously, I'm not like naive. I understand that there's also you know a marketing component of it. 
Um, but I also think like there's a lot of tips on the internet and ultimately like you're going to have to have more than tips to keep people watching your videos for 12 years. So I think the tips might've like pulled them in, but hopefully the message and the content or there is something there that people like other than tips. Cause I think that gets, that gets old after a certain point, you know? Yeah. I think also I'm just thinking about you starting out when you did, you know, nowadays if somebody wants to become a YouTube star, like if they set out to do it, um, they're certainly not always going to be successful, but there are certain um, best practices that have been established. They they know that the video should be this long and it should have th these hashtags and it should be, you know, this is the content that people most like. You didn't have any of that. How did you sort of figure it out as you went along or, did, or was anyone helping you in the early days? No, well, I mean, th that's the reason why I was able to succeed. Like, I'm not good at making videos. Like, that's not that's not what my background is. And when I started, I was using my little webcam. Um, and at the time, that was fine. That's what everyone else was doing. Now, to, you know, create a, a, a channel for yourself on YouTube, you have to have, like, a high-definition camera. You have to know how to edit. You have to understand storytelling. There wasn't any of that expectation when I started, which was the only reason I was really able to succeed. Today, it's much harder to break through. Um, but I will say also, nowadays when people create YouTube channels, oftentimes their intention is to become you know, YouTube famous. And I, I think that's kind of a disempowered approach. Like when I started, that wasn't, I wasn't creating content because I wanted people to watch me. I was creating content because I had you know, a message, something that I wanted to say. Hey Adam, Ryan, and JB, it's Davey Wavy here. Thanks so much for selecting me as one of the best guests of 2019. Let's raise the bar for 2020 and make it the most pleasurable and exciting year of our lives. The one and only Davey Wavy. And uh, Davey, I want to thank you in particular for sending us that updated greeting because I know he had had the flu that whole week. And so he was <clears throat> not feeling his best, but he still managed to send us that. So thank you, Davey. We love you. Happy 2020. And thanks for being on the show. I hope he'll come back. Um, I want to ask you guys both something in the spirit of Davey Wavy and all of his yes. sex positivity. Yes. What was the best sex you had in 2019? Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, the sex that I have with my boyfriend is really the best sex that I've maybe ever had because it's the most like intimate. But I also will say that the, the, um, the orgy that I had last summer, the six, oh, six yeah, people, that was really with hot. your boyfriend, with my boyfriend, but when he, he was came new. later, he came later. The first, <clears throat> literally, the, well. The first couple hours was just like six people in a queen size bed. It just like I couldn't believe. Yeah, it was really hot. I can't believe the bed didn't collapse. No, I got JB? rid of that bed. No, nothing stuck out. Really, <laughs> literally, yeah. nothing stuck out or stuck in. Yeah, it's real sad. Like my, I know. Okay, I'm gonna say in April because that was when this big dick nigga guy left. <laughs> uh, he he left New York to go to West Bumblefuck. And that was the last time we had sex. And that was pretty nice. My wish for you in 2020 is that you get some really good, healthy sex. Yeah. Affirming sex. I think we need to find a way for you to meet people other than the, the, apps. the apps. Yeah. Because they're not working for you. Oh, my God. What about you, <laughs> Adam? Yeah. Well, I have two long-term fuck buddies, mm -hmm. um, both of whom go back years. Mm -hmm. And as the years go by, I see them less and less, which is a shame because I still enjoy both of them quite a bit. One of them was living in Japan. <laughs> I'm making it so obvious who it was uh, for like a year and a half. So I didn't see him. And when he came back, <clears throat> he made an assignation with me and he showed up at my door and he he's always been hot. He's always had a great body. He had packed on like 35 pounds of extra muscle. Ooh. He it was like a football player and he's tall and he threw me around it was so unbelievably exciting. I, I, I don't usually like sex on my back facing the person. <clears throat> it's usually uncomfortable for me. Huh. But he, like, enveloped me with his gigantic muscular body. Oh, wow. And I literally just became limp, and I just took everything <laughs> he was giving. Yes, mama. And I loved it. This is some actual audio <sighs> from that day. 
<clears throat> I am so losing my voice. Here's okay. some more great sex. <clears throat> Here we go. In the new year. Well, speaking of a hot, sexy guy that I would love to uh, have sex with, Daniel Reichard uh, from Jersey Boys was, as we said earlier, one of our favorite guests of 2019. He is the best. Charming, wonderful, sexy, talented, sexy, funny, cool, all of the things. Instantly connected with both of us. Yeah. And Daniel told us the story behind his Broadway debut as Bob Gaudio in Jersey Boys. Um, and it came after he was supposed to star in a Broadway play about Keith Haring that never actually made it to Broadway. And his story was interesting, but it took so long that we had to cut him off just as he was getting to the Jersey Boys part. We really have to have Daniel back on so he yeah. can tell us all about Jersey Boys. Yeah. But we had to cut him off so we could play Ask Me No Questions. So uh, here again is Daniel Reichard, um, who I call Reichard. I keep getting his name wrong. July 13th, 2019. I went in uh, reluctantly to audition for Jersey Boys. It was the time where people were talking about uh, jukebox musicals, and there had been some bad ones, and so people were really kind of against that. And I was considering myself a very high art serious actor. actor. Right. I was a very serious actor because I had done one serious show. <laughs> and... Um, Anyway, so uh, I went in for this audition for the creative team. Again, literally not wanting to walk in. I was basically strongly requested by my agent to go in. And I came in and Des Mackinoff, who won t two Tony Awards yes. of his own, the brilliant director who really, truly put Jersey Boys together as far as its style and substance and flow. And he said, I saw you in that Keith Haring show. I've always wanted to meet you. I've always wanted to work with you. Why don't you read for the role of Bob, which is a different character than I had walked in for. And I read, I just kind of blah, 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 read, and they were like, great. Anything else? I was like, I played the piano. Bob Gaudio played the piano. He was the songwriter. Yes, of, he wrote all their of, hits. All their hits. And it's crazy. Months later when I met him, Bob, Bob Gaudio himself, and he said, hi, Bob, you know, to me. Uh, when you we'd stand next to each other, we would look like we're father and son. Isn't that great? But if you looked at me and Keith Haring together, who looked totally different at the time, you would have thought, you know, his parents saw the show. Keith Haring's parents came to see the show and said, how did you do that? You were just like him. You acted just like him, you know. And to make that kind of jump was so fun. And it was the easiest job I ever got was Jersey Boys. Well, and you did it for three years. The show was a sensation. And, uh, and you continue to sing those songs with other members from the show. So I think it's, it's, it, that clearly was a life-changing yeah, thing for you. Yeah, it sustained my living, you know, basically for 13, 13, 14, 15 years now. It was definitely meant to be. Uh, Daniel, in the time <laughs> remaining, it's time to play everyone's favorite question. Wait, I, I don't get to keep talking about no, myself no, all day. No, because we ran out of time. <laughs> we have to play Ask Me No Questions. Let's you know do how it. the show goes. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. Is it true that Reichard is German for fat cock? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is... Is... It is not true. Oh no, I don't. I, I, long cock is what it means. Oh, there you, go. <laughs> there you go. Did you ever hook up with a fellow Jersey Boys castmate? <laughs> yes. Oh, more than one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Different companies, you know. That's hot. <laughs> Can you do the Frankie Valley falsetto? No. 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 Not at all. No. Because I would think you guys would all take turns, like, backstage. Hell, trying to, no. Trying to that was never like... my thing. Falsetto was never my thing. <laughs> well, you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. On your own. Uh, at what age did you first touch another man's penis? Uh, I, I, I was 15. Okay. That's a respectable age. Was Thank it one you. of the Catholic school uh, boys? Yes. <laughs> was it... In the Th this room? is all my agent will allow me to say. Oh, really? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> off, I don't even have off an air, we'll get into I'm just it. kidding. What were the circumstances? Uh, friend. Uh, sleepover. Sleepover. I yeah. Those. Terrible. I had time. so many of those sleepovers. Well, and the thing was, we were so sexually, um, we were repressed. very sexually re repressed for a family that, you know, had so much procreation. We just did not <laughs> talk about it. So, like, finding porn and. 
things like that with your friends was like a way of like figuring out what it was. Like friends I didn't, I didn't even friends. know. I wasn't like, I just was very, very innocent for a long time. How old were you when you actually came out? Right now, 41 years old, ladies and gentlemen. This is breaking oh news. <laughs> Daniel Reichardt World is a homosexual. <laughs> Attention Republicans. <laughs> Daniel Reichardt is a homosexual. Attention all baby boomer fans. <laughs> uh, I would say, um, you know, oh, well, I'll just say to my parents, well, I was 18, so it was very, I was okay. pretty young, uh, uh, so 18, and then my family and friends, and then... I went to an old a musical theater school, so it was really easy to get there. That's and like then, Ryan's experience too. Yeah. Well, I came out when I was fourteen, so all that. And you had sex even earlier. Mm. Yeah. Uh, see, that was you were ahead of me. I was. Yeah. Mu- I was very, very baby, innocent. And t- yeah. Yeah. I'm different. Yeah, I didn't even really find myself like that until my twenties. Like you know, really f- begin to find you know myself sexually. Sure. You know. What, in your opinion, is the best musical of all time? Oh, God oh, wow. damn it. Well, there's, uh, you know, that is, that's a very hard thing to say, so I'll just give an answer. Um, but it was only because it's the first one that came to my mind, but I know it's not the best musical of all time, but I'm just going to say Into the Woods. Yeah, just I because it, it sustains itself for a long time, and the things that that are said in in it are things you can think about many times over and rethink Timeless. and not a lot of musicals i think provoke that much thought that would be your first two right not my first but i think it really is a masterpiece i think taking characters that are so well known and giving them this like this um this backstory and this, these struggles and there's just it's something it's so brilliant i don't know I'm going to say uh, West Side Story. Yeah, that, that would be my... F- I think my yeah. number two is Hamilton. Yeah. I was listening to Hamilton the other day. What a fucking masterpiece Those that are is. great. Those are great my shows. God. Also, Ragtime. What? Oh, that yeah, is a great love, show. Th- that's Amazing. one of my all-time... Daniel, Amazing. what's your audition song? Do you still have to audition even? Uh, not really, um, but I, I'd say my most memorable audition song was... For the longest time, the Billy Joel oh, song. Yeah. That's yeah. what I sang for Jersey Boys. Nice. Your celebrity crush, besides me. Besides you, shit. <laughs> now I'm really stumped. Um, oh, my God. I really can't think of one. I know that's such a this boring This question answer. stumps people it's all the time. It's kind of hard. And finally, if your penis were a stage prop, which prop would it be? <laughs> oh, it would be... It would be the light that stays on all night after everybody goes home. Yes. Yeah. Good answer. That's a great answer. Hello, listeners. This is self-described Broadway star, gay icon, and New York City nightlife staple, Daniel Reichard, wishing you a very happy new year, and thank you for including me as one of the best of hashtag ass 2019 congratulations to adam ryan and jb on your continuous great work on this podcast i love listening to it almost as much as i love being on it all the best everyone Okay, I'm trying to get my voice back. I'm sorry to the listeners. I know it's not pleasant when my voice starts to break. You need to be hydrating. I'm always. trying to hydrate, but you do. We've been talking for three mm-hmm. hours now. Uh, we did two shows before this, guys, just so you know. So, anyway, that was Daniel, uh, episode 101. Thank we love you, Daniel. Love you, Daniel. You're welcome back anytime, with or without clothing. Yes. We talked earlier about Julie Halston, who I call my favorite guest of 2019. Julie Halston, just a brief uh, refresher for those of you who may not know her name off the bat. She, you would know, you would know her, the common man would know her mm-hmm. as Bitsy Von Muffling from Sex and the City. Um, but she's had such an interesting long career in the theater on and off Broadway. At the time she spoke to us, she was starring on Broadway in Tootsie, which unfortunately has closed. And I'm, I'm a little surprised it didn't last longer. I thought it was a fabulous show and very funny um, but Julie was was and is the muse 
for Charles Bush, the great playwright and female impersonator Charles Bush, who we've had on the show several times. Um, she did all of his early plays and in parts that were written for her. But I never knew how they first met. And she told us the story. And it's a really interesting story because it didn't start out on a positive note. Take a listen to Julie uh, talking to us on September 7th, episode 108, September 7th, 2019, Julie Halston. Julie, I want to uh, go back to the 80s. Yes. When I first became aware of you. Yes. I, I told Charles Bush when he was on the show that when I was growing up in Summit, New Jersey, the only Jew in Summit, New Jersey, uh, we'd, we'd go to the local synagogue and they had twofers um, on the, on the, in the lobby, on the table that, for different off-Broadway shows. And okay, one of them was Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. And I would go, what is this? <laughs> and why is this sitting out in the lobby of a synagogue? Uh, in Summit, New Jersey. How did you and Charles first meet? Well, it's a, it's a wacky kind of story. Uh, there's a guy that I went to college with. Uh, he, he was Bobby Cohen when I knew him. Then he got married and he changed his name to his husband's name, Bobby Ducharme. But he knew Charles Bush from childhood. He knew me from college. And he thought that we should meet. And I was like, well, I actually don't need another gay man in my life. Right. I need to get laid, actually. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, good. ding, ding, ding. Um, but he was like, no, 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 I really think you guys would really get on. Anyway, cut to a number of years later particularly in like the early 80s when we first became aware of gay pneumonia. Remember, it was yes. called gay pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And gay cancer. And gay cancer and grid. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, wasn't called AIDS then. Uh, Bobby was living in San Francisco, and he was like, you should come to San Francisco and do a fundraiser because we know people who are dying in San Francisco Memorial Hospital, and we don't know why they're except that they're gay. We don't know what's going on. I didn't know, I was working on Wall Street, wanting to be an actress, kind of auditioning on the side, working on Wall Street because I needed money. Um, I happened to go out to see Bobby. I did do this weird little fundraiser where I did like a one woman show. I don't even remember what it was called. I think it was called like An Evening with Julie Halston. <laughs> Charles was in the audience because he happened to be doing his one-man show. It was at the Valencia Rose, which was a mortuary. Hmm. It used to be a mortuary. Um, well, believe me, my doing my show was a mortuary. Oh, no, it didn't go well. No, it was, it was really bad. Um, <laughs> but, but he looked, must have seen something in you. He did. I was quite stylish. I had a sort of Vidal Sassoon cut mm -hmm. with a white jumpsuit and Fabulous. a gash of red lips. But... I didn't really think much of Charles. He didn't really think of much of me. And by the way, at that time, who was also, I think, appearing at the Valencia Rose was Leah Delaria, like who her. would sort of say, I adore She's her, great. sort of sing, but then just say, are you a dyke? <laughs> Fuck you. You know, I mean, it was like, is that the act? Right. Is that the act? Well, it was, I guess. <laughs> anyway, we were all there. I didn't know that she had started that early she oh, must have yeah. been a kid we i'm telling you we, it, yes i think she was and she was sort of even then true to who she was yeah um anyway charles and i didn't really we didn't we were very wary of each other he got back to new york he was doing his one-man show he needed an audience he literally invited you know, literally like pigeons on the street, right. anyone he knew. <laughs> and it just so happened that even though I had a terrible act, I knew a lot of people. So he invited me to his act, and I kept bringing people, and he was like, I'll comp you in, I'll comp you in. I kept bringing people to his act, and he was like, well, she is popular. You know, she might be untalented, but she's popular. <laughs> you were a draw. I was a draw on a certain level. Yeah. And I fell mad for his act. I loved it. It was called Alone with a Cast of Thousands. And he would just put a hat on and be a woman or put a scarf on. And was be... this at Duplex? No, it was at a place that doesn't even exist anymore. It was called the Shandal Theater. And you literally went there, like, imperiling your own life. Literally, rats would be, like, under your feet. Oh, it was, was it? scary. It was somewhere in, in Chelsea. Oh. It was so, I think it was in Chelsea, actually. Mm -hmm. The Shandal. Um, it was scary. Boy, what a Shonda. Well, it was a Shonda, the Shondal. <laughs> um, 
I don't know what it is now, but it really need to be destroyed. But anyway, he ended up writing this little skit. It was a skit called Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. Mm. No one would be his co-star. Even his own sister turned him down. <laughs> And, you know, he really couldn't get anyone to be his co-star. Alola Pashalinsky from the wonderful Charles Ludlam Company, the Ridiculous Theater, she did it one weekend and was like, I'm out, done. Why, why was there such resistance to it? Because it was so strange? No, it was because he was doing it on the Lower East Side, which was a very dangerous area mm -hmm. at that point. There was no bathroom. Lola Pashalinsky was a legend in the off-Broadway world. This was off, off, off-Broadway. <laughs> we might as well have been in Summit, New Jersey. Right. Um, there wouldn't have been any rats. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and we could go shopping. At, yeah. You know. Um, Short Hills Mall. You literally walked into these places on the Lower East Side, and like you were stepping on syringes, crack Aye. vials, crack pipes. It was scary. So you said, sign me up. I was like, sign that me up. Great. I did. And he was like, well, can you act? I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean? He saw my act, didn't like it. And, and, you, ha and you could act. You, were, you had been trained. I, I went to Hofstra University, and I was a performance major. But, you know, they didn't know what to do with me either. I'm not joking. Everyone was just like, she's got something. But, but we're not sure but what it what? is. And, How to and, harness and, it. You know, I wanted to be head of Gabbler, and they were like, what <laughs> you speak in Comac language, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, I went to his apartment. Ken Elliott was our director. They sort of auditioned me, but didn't, you know, it was sort of like, let's just read it. Well, it just kept getting worse and worse. And Ken was, I heard him in the kitchen. He was like, Charles, she's terrible. What are we going to do? <laughs> and he was like, well, she told me she played Nina in the seagull at Hofstra. <laughs> and um, which I did in the lab, but uh, anyway, long story short, I met the company. They loved me. I loved them. I still didn't quite get the style, the sort of heightened style. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Look, guys, I know I stink in rehearsal, but you put a wig on me and put me in front of a crowd of gay men, and I am gonna glow." <laughs> and let me tell you, I walked out on that stage. And magic and happened. Alive. It really was a crazy alchemy. I don't know if it was the wig, you know, because the costume was like my own clothes. Yeah. But was it the lashes? Was it the wig? What was it? But it was this strange alchemy. You know, performers kick in. Well, and I think it's something you probably have in common with drag queens. I yes. Think, just thinking about you that. know, a yes. drag queen one on one can be a big bore. Yeah. But a drag queen when she's in full drag on and walks stage. out into a nightclub, like is is it's uh, transformative. Magical. Yeah, it's magical. It's alchemy. It's transformative. That's what happened, and the audience went cuckoo for my character, kind of like Bitsy. It was like, oh, it was like very quick. And the company saw it, everyone witnessed it, and Charles was like, I'm writing for her. And he was the one, though, that saw that I had a big, big personality and that bigger was better. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like a drag queen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes well, it's bigger very much is better. It's very much his sensibility, too. Of course. And once he would say certain words to me, like, you know, it's kind of like Eve Arden on acid, or do you know what I mean? Like, Tallulah Bankhead on there. You got all the references. We got yeah. it. We got it. We got it. I'm like, oh, they're not going to tell me Tallulah Bankhead on acid at Hofstra. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They're going to make me like real and be very, you know, look at the other actor. And, you know, I, I, I haven't looked at another actor on stage in 40 years. But, <laughs> but it works. You know what I mean? It does work when you're playing a heightened. And even Rita Marshall, the character that I play yes. in Tootsie, she kind of is in the tradition of this, I mean, she's got the big wig. She has the most beautiful costume. Yes, William your clothes are fabulous. Are, it's unbelievable. Have you seen costume. it yet? No. Oh, oh you, you have, have to. See it. You really have really, to see yeah, it. Yeah, Julie looks amazing. No, the clothes alone. I thought you were wearing Chanel. I, I'm not wearing Chanel. I'm wearing vintage uh, Yves Saint Laurent. I'm wearing mm. um, some clothes that were built for me. Yeah. That William Ivy Long built for me. Um, Saint John, vintage Dolce and Gabbana. Um, again, other clothes were built for me, but I mean, they are spectacular. And the thing that I noticed actually just the other night was like when Rita Marshall 
speaks to the other characters. She sort of speaks to them, but sort of over them because mm -hmm. she's the producer. Right. She has um, all the power. She has all the power. So she can kind of stand center stage and declaim. Yeah. And which is kind of what I did with Charles's work. Um, you know, just sort of stand there and declaim and so, sort of vaguely look at him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but it is that great drag sensibility, which is I'm bigger than life. I have something to say. And we're going to do it with a lot of style, a lot of panache. And, and also tell a narrative. I mean, we're yeah. going to tell a story. Right. So uh, it, it's really kind of a, it's a gift. You it's know? camp. It's, it's high camp. Yeah, it really it's is. But so also, good. you know, but when something warmth. is, yeah. yes, but something, when something is so artificial, like I always talk about Lip Syncer this way. Mm -hmm. You know, Lip Syncer is such an artificial creation. She's totally real. Hello, this is Julie Halston. Uh, hello to Ryan, Adam, JB. I'm delighted to be selected as one of the best. I like that. Uh, I'm just wishing everyone a happy new year. You know, we're living in crazy times. And the best thing that we can do is just being who we are. And uh, never going back to not being who we are. Thank you. Love her. You're a queer one. Julie Halston. Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. Ladies lunching. She's Icon. Sweetie. Darling. Diva. She's so sweet. And, like, I sent out an email to all these guys asking them if they would send a little greeting yeah. or a message. As you do. And letting them know they had been selected for our best of. And she answered in 30 seconds. You know, of, of all of them. And yeah. she's the one who's, like, Doing most stuff. famous. Yeah. You know? Just a terrific person and very, very down-to-earth and fun. And speaking of down-to-earth and fun, uh, episode 112 on October 5th was when we had Drew Lausch back on the show. Love Drew Lausch Drew. is our favorite twinkster comedian. He is so permanent funny. call it? Was it? What well, we, have, we, we declared him to be our permanent last-minute guest replacement. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> this was the biggest news of 2019. Uh, it's a huge honor. A huge honor. Because so anytime many people call out. Many people do call out at the last minute, or if they're Justin Utley, so just they don't show up it. at all. I was just going to say, this is the year where Justin will walk through that door. I know it. We're never going to stop talking about you, Justin, <laughs> just so you know. Like, I'm always just thinking it would be so funny Shade. if he just walked in the door one day. You should. You guys should surprise me one time and like arrange it. <laughs> yeah. I'll just. Oh like, my god. Like when we're film the, it. When we're in the middle of another guest interview, yes. so we have to bump that guest oh and be like, god. "Oh wait, Justin Utley's here." Anyway, but yes, Drew Lausch <clears throat> has been on the show a bunch of times. Uh, I'm a friend and a fan. JB is a uh, huge fan, and this was the first time Ryan and Drew finally met because every time Drew would do the show, Ryan That's was not right. available. So they were instant. We hit it off. They were instant friends, as yeah. I knew they would be. Um, and Ryan revealed something very shocking about his past involving a broom, which you're going to have to stay tuned oh, to hear. Yes. Meanwhile, Drew and I discussed our naked comedy gig that we had done this past July with another comic named Adam Chisnall down in Wilton Manors, Florida. And uh, we talked about how while we were down there, Drew was living his white lady lifestyle, but he didn't really have any sex while we were down there. Take a listen to Drew Lausch from October 5th. Drew, yeah. So you mentioned the sex, and it's true. Adam and I were way piggier yeah. when we were down there. Drew, like... It was like a calm like, period of my summer. You didn't come with us to the bathhouse that night. No. Which, for which <laughs> you should be very grateful. Come. It was the worst yeah. bathhouse I've ever been to. Yeah. Uh, you were dating someone. Yes. And uh, what's yes. happening now? Um, <laughs> we are no longer dating. Oh. And no, no, yeah, it was... No, it was really lovely, and then... Um, and then it became less lovely, but I wish them the best. They're non-binary speaking oh, of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. I was like, yep. Oh snaps. Like yeah, that's yeah. really cool about the, the dictionary thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, it just, um, it didn't, we really, we like became boyfriends and then a few <laughs> days later that was no longer the move. What happened? No. Wait, was he, uh, were they? Were they here? Yes. And you, and you yeah. were okay. yeah, It was yeah. a long distance thing while we were there. Yeah. Well, I think, well, and I actually kind of liked the beginning of the relationship because normally I'm like, 
if I enjoy having sex with someone a lot, I'm kind of like, oh, this is like maybe there's something there. Like if I'm I want to have, yep. yeah. Well, yep. I mean, I know, which like makes I mean, yeah. yeah Jesus yeah, yeah. help us all, but uh-huh, um, uh-huh. but I know, like I'm God, right I'm like I'm ready to retire, but I'm if like right a dick's good, like I'll marry you. When the dick is right. God, Jesus, I'm like hearing myself talk about it. Um, No, yeah, well, we we were like FaceTiming. We like we met at World Pride, which I was like, this is a sign. It's the best of all the prides. Like I'm the best (laughs) figuito in all the land. Like everybody else I met at regular prides can fuck themselves because I met my boyfriend at World Pride. Um, but we like, but we hung out like those three days a lot. And then I went to Florida and we like FaceTimed every day, which I was like, Oh my God, this is good that I'm like not having sex with you. I'm just like chatting because mm. normally I like, you know, that comes later. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you know, so real. no, yeah, but we were chatting and we honestly had like a, a lovely relationship. It just kind of got a little too, I don't know. I mean, you know, the gays, it was just, it got very intense, very quick. And I was like, we got to take a, a step back and like. We're getting to know each other, and this is very intense very quickly. I have, <laughs> I have a great game of Ask Me No Questions prepared for you, but first I need you to tell the story. Are you still working in that clothing store? No. Okay, so tell the story of when you were working there and the hot black guy came in to the dressing room. Oh, yeah, 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 Shaquille. Um, I was really hot. Um, yeah, I was working. I was like on the floor by myself and, um, a guy came in and was like, I need help, um, putting sheen or he wanted to try on our chino pants. And I was like, yeah, I love, yeah. Like here are like a few pairs. And then he like, went. he like went into the fitting room. I didn't know that we, he was like hitting on me yet, but he like, he like went into the fitting room and then like, <laughs> like was in there for like maybe like 40 seconds and was like hey like how are these fitting and i was like oh well like show like i can take a look and so then he like opened the um <laughs> he opened the curtain and like the pants were like around his like ankles and he just did like a like a really lovely erection like massive um and was just like and i was like i mean i i do i tell a joke about this but i was like well that's not how they're supposed to fit but like <laughs> but but yeah no not he just like, supposed to be worn, no he just like so. had his pants on and i was like uh and then he like kind of pulled them up and i was like okay. so just dick out not like fl- like underwear on oh, but like okay. i could see the outline and the i bulge. didn't yeah 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 and i was like uh i mean i really was and for me to be like speechless takes a lot but i was just so taken aback i was like oh, oh, oh. Like, like i said when the dick is right yeah no i know and then um <clears throat> and then so then he like tr- like whatever put his pants back on and then came out and then like gave me his number and was like, because he was like hot, but then we were like kind of chatting. But like when he was texting me, he was like, like the first one of the first things that he said was like, does I like does that pussy get wet? And I was like, I don't like I am like a dude. Like I don't like I don't <laughs> this think is a that, conversation that we yes, need yes, to have does. at some point. Because yeah, we, uh, we, Adam and I have always talked about like <gasps> the use of the word pussy when describing like In, your asshole. It's not hot. I, I, no, and to each their own. Yeah, of course, but of like, course. It's just, but because I, I have not just Shaquille, but like other guys have have been like have been like, oh, like I sometimes I like to call like an asshole a pussy, and it's just like I don't like I don't get it. But he kept saying that, and then I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm into it. Oh, he also sent a yes. nude. Sorry, sorry, this sorry. Is my yeah. favorite part. Okay, he sent a nude. Like of his dick, which was truly beautiful, Remarkable. like really an amazing penis. But yeah. in the nude, he had like a like a like a pile of dirty laundry like oh, in it no. like and i was like how did like why could you and not wasn't have their garbage t- yes too? there was like plus i was like where like where are you taking this nude photo like lie in bed or like i don't go on your fucking fire escape like why are you showing me like the garbage that you need to take out in the laundry that needs to be done like this does not this is not yeah, appealing anymore you to clean up his house and do his cool laundry. i know <laughs> he was like and, just, and, really, and then fuck your pussy literally so, so you never had the dick no, he also like waited for me outside of Scotch and Soda one time later was- without prompting, and that I was a little like, dude, like I'll reach out, like yeah. you don't, like you don't have Red to wait. Stalkery. Yeah, it yeah. was just a little, it was a little too much. Thank you for that story. It's You're time welcome. to play. Ask me no questions. <laughs> Love. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. What is your favorite sexual position? And I don't mean bottom because that's obvious. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Uh. 
Okay, well, if I'm feeling athletic, I sort of like to like squat on the dick and then kind of like go up and down. Yeah, that was kind of a new thing. Are you facing him or facing away? Um, (laughs) facing him. I like to look at someone's face for the most part. I like like that's like hot to me. Like being like, oh my god, like we're just like so like hot together, you know. And you just bounce up and down like it's a pogo. Um, yeah, that or I just like to like lay on my back. Like if I'm tired, I'm tired. Like I'm really tired a lot. I love to sleep. Like yeah, no. Well, and I and I and I'll like put on a show. Like I'll be like really like oh my god but like i don't want to i don't want to exercise i hate it i want to lie there and i'm like doing oh a lot of, i'm like this is good for you you're welcome are you flexible with the legs over your head cuz um, i'm not good at that yes less so now ever since i stopped like dancing professionally i have realized that i'm a lot more sore after sex than i used to be yeah. like if someone's like i'll like wake up and be like oh my god do you god. take it into like a wide second like do you um, legs go out yeah well <laughs> a wide second is a wide second is sure it depends is, on the day yeah i mean no i just but i'll let my legs like i'll really let them lo- like rest like i it's a day of rest for me always yeah. <laughs> just to become limp yeah w- number two when was the last time you smoked weed um like i don't know like last night when i got home at like four. Oh, i thought you were gonna say this morning i actually was thinking about it but sometimes but i've recently like i've been smoking before i get on the trains and maybe i'm sure you relate to this sometimes it's the move and sometimes you're like in the train and i get really claustrophobic and i like don't want to do it yeah yeah what's the strangest thing you've ever had up your ass um uh i don't like a a like a really big there's something happening <laughs> with men in the ass <laughs> thank you that was like for me to think um i there was a um nothing really wow i feel like so lame there was a um there was like a red kind of spongy dildo that i tried my freshman year of college that's probably like spongy. the weirdest thing it was like a weird it was a weird texture and my friends and i bought it as a joke and like and i like was like a foam finger but but a dildo that that material uh, like harder than that it was just like a really weird dildo and it was massive and i like re- and i like tried to masturbate with it once and it just, just was like so big i was like i can't do this can i answer this yeah okay so this isn't i don't know if it's weird but it's stupid i put a broom up my ass when i was oh, a kid snaps. but like like a the wooden intent. like a like a wooden broom did you get so a splinter painful. yeah <laughs> no but i could have like you could have really done damage to yourself yeah. how far did it go not that far, but I just wanted to try something. Oh, wait, oh how old God. are you? Okay. You're like you're like eight. I'm like holy shit. I don't know, Twelve. <laughs> Ryan used to get fucked in high school with no lube by like a huge. Yeah, dick. my first boyfriend. Uh, I was fourteen. He was sixteen. He was hung. I think you had no feeling in your hole. Yeah, or I had you. so many feelings in my hole. Yeah, Drew, real. My heart was in my hole. <laughs> Hi, Adam, JB, and Ryan. I love you all, and I hope you're having a fabulous new year. I am hungover and leaking. Hungover and leaking, just the way we like him. Mm. (laughs) Thank you, Drew Lausch, and we welcome you back the next time someone cancels. Before we wrap up this best of ass 2019, I want to ask each of you, what is your greatest wish for 2020? I wish that the things that didn't click for me uh, in the last decade click for me this one. That's very nebulous. Yeah. All um, right. I, I just, I just, I hope that the, I, I hope that I have as much growth in this decade as I did in the last one. I, I hope that things start to fall into place even more because it's exciting to experience that. I hope that you're cool. And you're not all uncool. uncool. I always hope that. <laughs> JV? Uh, okay, so I'm a greedy bitch. I hope all these people who listen for free to the Adam Sank Show will subscribe to DoYouKnowStudios.com. Very okay, that. And pay, and pay my paycheck. Okay, how about that? That's all I want. Thank okay? you so much. And I do wish that as well. Um, although I'm grateful for everyone who listens, I'm particularly grateful for those of you who subscribe. That number is growing. Slowly but steadily, we yes. get new subscribers. It means the world to me. I know having, our show is growing, in some ways. No. I know that having a monthly subscription is uh, a burden, and you have lots of subscriptions to lots of different things. But it really is only seven bucks a month. 
you get Derek and Romaine five days a week. You get Rob Shooter five days a week. You get not anymore. Oh. Rob Rob left us. He, oh. His last show was Friday. You got to uh, tell me this shit. I, I have to update you on it a lot. So who uh, are the daily shows? Daily shows are Derek Romain, Mark Thompson, Make It Play, uh, Danielle Moody Mills uh, with Woke As Fuck, and Taylor Strucker Show. So, so the point is, video. if you subscribe, particularly if you're someone who has to drive long distances every day, if you're a commuter, you have so much great content to listen to. They're all talented, funny interesting people with different perspectives. Then there are the weekly shows like us. I love my wife. Mm-hmm. Happy camper. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura Haywood interviews. Yes. If you're a Broadway person. Yeah. And that's it for now. So we seven bucks a month, shows. go to dnrstudios.com and check it out. Do that. My greatest wish for 2020, honestly, and I hate to end on this note is I really want Donald Trump to not be president anymore. Yes. I, 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 what I hope for is that he dies of natural causes. Uh, and the reason why I hope that happens is because I, I, if he is removed from office for some reason, there will be a fucking civil war, and I don't want that. I just right. want him to have a massive heart attack and die peacefully in his bed. Uh, then I want uh, a Democrat to be elected in 2020, and I want our democracy and our system of justice to be restored. Yes, hunty. Beyond that, I pray for the health and happiness of everyone in this room, everyone this that room. I love, mm-hmm. and all of our listeners Thank you all so much for listening. I wish you all a very happy 2020. Uh, don't forget to download my last comedy album. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Email me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Follow Ryan on social media at Ryan Frosting. Follow JB at Stocking Anarchy 12. And wishing you all happy, healthy, joyous new year filled with laughter, money, and tons of great sex. Oh, Ryan is singing in Irish. From Sex and the City. Yes. See you next week, bitches. We'll have an all new show. Bye. Bye.